0: This is Pulse ninety five. You're listening
1: to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse ninety five.
0: Sabah Hafed, and welcome back to the second hour of Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. This hour, we hear from Michelin-starred chef Michael Minna about his culinary journey growing up Egyptian in the United States, his favorite all-time dishes, and why he's going back to his roots. Plus, the baby modeling sensation Baby Chanko and her incredible hair. We're going to be talking about that and what age you think you are going to be happiest. We want to get your opinions on that and tell you what the researchers think as well. That's all coming up. On Life Beats, on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast.
1: Life Beats, Beats. with Sally Moussa, only on Pulse 95. 95.
0: American celebrity chef, restaurateur, and cookbook author Michael Minner is known for his bold flavours that speak to his Arab heritage. While managing more than 40 restaurants worldwide, Mina is the executive chef at his two namesake restaurants in San Francisco and Las Vegas, each of which has earned him a Michelin star. Growing up in the US in an Egyptian family, Chef Michael's earliest memories revolve around the kitchen and his mother whipping up Egyptian comfort food classics on a daily basis. He was here in the UAE to launch his new American Steakhouse concept and I asked him about where his passion for food comes from and what makes for award-winning cuisine. Chef Michael?
1: Yes, hello.
0: Hi. Hi. (laughs) So great to have you back in the UAE.
1: Thank you. Well, it's great to be back.
0: Fantastic. Um, Congratulations on your new concept and your new restaurant.
1: Thank you so much. I want
0: to kind of go into you as a chef, as a person, as you know, your background being somebody who is of Middle Eastern origin Absolutely. as well, you're Egyptian. Yes. Um, kind of take us back to, to why you are so passionate about food.
1: Well, I'm passionate about food because as everybody is, I think so many people from the Middle East understand that it's just part of your culture and your family. And so in my upbringing, when I was five years old, you know, I, I'm, I would... Baked bread with my mom every morning and and, nice. <laughs> and you know we didn't eat fast food We didn't you know growing up even I, I left Egypt when I was two but growing up in the United States My parents never fed us McDonald's or anything like that my mom cooked every day and and my mom had eight brothers and sisters that all lived within a hundred miles of us. So you know what those family gatherings were like. And, and I think that's really where my passion started for food. And then it went on to working in restaurants and just really falling in love with everything about cooking. Just it, to me, it's just a, it's a beautiful process. And then probably the best part of all of it is getting to watch, you know, your guests, you, you, you work, I mean, I think people are brought into this world in two different ways. There's people that love to please people, and I think I'm one of those people. <laughs> I
0: love that because, you know, we've tasted your food, you cook with passion, mm-hmm. and that shows in in what you do and what you make. You're also a multi-award winning chef, mm-hmm. a Michelin star chef. What is it that sets your food apart?
1: Well, I mean, I think that there's... Um, that, it's it's a question that people ask all the time they'll ask you you know what makes your restaurant different what makes us you know honestly it i I think i really do think food is just like art you can use the same paintbrushes, you can have the same ingredients you can have it everybody's going to have their own style but at the end of the day it's obsessing over everything it's it's you know it's not uh about um the fact that you know uh It's not about um, saying I can do this better than somebody else and you do it your way and then you hope that your way is also pleases people and you have to be willing to to adjust and i always have been you know willing to to continue to educate myself and continue to learn more and learn from everybody around you and then implement it and i think that the biggest mistake that a chef can make is thinking that you've gotten to the top of the mountain because there is no top to the mountain <laughs>
0: speaking of you know the the, the fact that you talk about it it's your art what describe your style
1: of cooking well you know i would say that probably in the united states because i grew up in a middle eastern household the flavors are bold you know the flavor my flavors of cooking were pretty bold you know i first restaurant was a fish restaurant but But even then, you know, and when I think when you use bold flavors, you have to really understand balance and you have to understand like like how, you know, when when how you use spice and how you use acid and how you use sweetness in a dish and how you use richness or fat in a dish. And you have to understand that there's a real science to balancing all that to get dishes that you know just aren't too dominant there isn't a dominant flavor but there's a beauty of how they all come together and i think that that's probably been my um probably been the, the thing that i've focused on the most obviously the product and the technique you can't you can't do anything without that but honestly you can have really good product and good technique and you can put too much lemon on a dish. And now it's too acidic, and you lose the beauty of the product. So I think balance is one of the things that people underestimate how important it is.
0: You, some of your favorite places that you've ever eaten
1: at in the world. In the world, well, um, you know, I mean, I, I love, um, I, you know, I, 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 I'm a historian in the sense that, I, I you know, Taiwan and. Paris is a place that, you know, you have to eat because there's so much history there, or, or Alain Ducasse, and then there's, you know, then there's El Boulis, and then 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 you have to, you know, and then I would say in the United States, Masa, um, you know, that was my first experience before I went to Japan. I got to eat Masa's food before I'd ever gone to Japan, and what an eye-opening experience that was.
0: Coming up next, Chef Michael Minna tells me about the most unforgettable bite that he's ever had. And the risk he decided to take when he turned 50. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats
1: Podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95.
0: 95. Welcome back to Life Beats on Pulse 95. I'm speaking to Michelin starred chef Michael Minna about the craft of great food and his new concept, Prime Grill. Here he tells me about the risk that he decided to take when he turned 50 and the most unforgettable bite he's ever had. I want you to zoom in on uh, particular dishes for me that just took your breath away.
1: Well, I think again, I think it's simplicity. I'll I'll tell you, one of the greatest bites I ever had was, uh, and and it was so unexpected when I was eating Chef Masa's food and, and it was white truffle season and he took white truffles and shaved them all over his his beautiful pristine cutting board and he took uh he made the perfect ball of sushi rice and he rolled it like a snowball and I called and it was like a white truffle snowball and I'll never forget that bite as long as I live wow that's <laughs> yeah. incredible
0: let's go back to you know your Egyptian roots yes and um your favorite dishes growing
1: up well it's it's interesting because months ago i made a big shift i turned 50 and i made a big shift in my life and said i'm gonna i'm gonna take a risk that i don't think many chefs would take at this stage of my career i took michael mina restaurant which is my flagship which was doing great and had a michelin star and i said i'm going to change the menu and i'm going to pay homage to all of the amazing dishes that my mom used to make that I loved, the things I loved, kushari and fatir and all the and, and all these things, but I'm gonna do it in my style as a tribute to her. And to, and so I combine that with my Michelin star cooking and products, you know, and all the gorgeous product we get in California, as well as bringing um, spices and everything from the Middle East. And so I, I do a... A uh, little fatir with, uh, you know, beautiful little baby fatir with uh, with golden osceter caviar or <laughs> and with, you know, molokeya with just beautiful pristine uh, different seafood made with like white lobster. Stuff. and seafood. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so oh my make, gosh, that, make, that is t- changing it up. And and just paying homage to it. You know, kushary is probably the one thing that every time I go home, I tell my mom. You know, it, that's the one thing you have to have. <laughs> yeah
0: poor Do you know that's hilarious because um, Muhammad Salah uh-huh. is famously said to, to like when he goes home they bring it to the airport yeah. because he can't actually wait to get home yeah, to eat kushari. Uh,
1: exactly. It's... But
0: you have to like for those who don't understand the, the beautiful chaos that is kushari.
1: It is. That's exactly what it is. Like can
0: you explain to us why is this dish so iconic?
1: Because and... it's so well balanced when you really think about it right. It's and I know the different different families will make it different ways but my mom made it chickpeas lentils um, rice uh, sauteed onions the sauteed onions that you have to have and the spicy tomato sauce and it's the sweetness of the onions it's the richness of the chickpeas you have to have the chickpeas you know and then the spiciness and the acidity of the tomato sauce and they all come together and it's so well balanced when it's done right
0: Oh my gosh (laughs) now you got me wanting some
1: kushari
0: (laughs) we ain't here for kushari but that's amazing that's brilliant what is still next for you what do you still want to explore what do you want to
1: do well i'll tell you i mean what we did here what we did with prime grill is is really still something that i enjoy cooking very much and that's wood fire cooking and i think that you know prime grill the focus is the custom made beautiful grill that we had made and so i think when you know that simplicity of wood fire cooking that gives you that comfort of like a neighborhood restaurant but then you layer onto it just great products and great cooking techniques and and that never goes out of style because where we are in the world that's called california cuisine you know and it's food that's whether it's a perfect steak or a perfect piece of chicken or a perfect piece of fish can, or a perfect burger. It's about just, it's about this idea of product, you know, taking the product and what we call simple cooking, which is just over wood fire. And I, I really, really enjoying cooking over fire again.
0: Tell me about um, your favorite dish. Here? Prime Reel, yeah. Um,
1: well, you know, honestly, um, I, I would say that it, on on the steak side, I'd say that Delmonico, the 19-day dry age is a beautiful, that's a beautiful cut. It's a beautiful steak. Um, but honestly, I think that there's so many dishes, you know, that you have to explore the menu. The duck confit spring rolls, the, the you know, the the crispy tempura shrimp. There's just so many different styles and ways to eat here.
0: The ribs over the mash.
1: Yeah, the short rib oh, over the... Oh, amazing. Yeah. The, the fermented black bean cod. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Yes. Yeah.
0: There's just there's simplicity, and there's comfort in the food, but there's artistry as well. Yes. So well done. Thank you. Thank Thank you you so much. That's celebrity chef, restaurateur, and author Michael Minna. This is Pulse ninety five. Tune in live every weekday from ten am.